podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. <laughs> it's Pod Three Seven One, and it's the pod in the week after Palace have lost three 0 at home to Burnley, which unfortunately we have to talk about. Um, but joining me uh, in a much in a, in a in a better note um, is the original Pod lineup. Uh, four. We found them for the documentary. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and they've turned up when Palace have lost a game as well, which I think is is a rare one. As excuse tr- me, excuse me, excuse me. This idea that we are some uh, Johnny Come Lately <laughs> Champagne Charlies when we were, we were podding throughout the championship years, some of which were particularly dark, mm. has really irked me. Mm. <laughs> I'm particularly irked. Well, I remember we had to do pods after we'd lost 1-0 at home to Barnsley and the like. Sure. So your suggestion that um, we only turn up when Palace win Premier League games is wholly unfounded. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, it was purely a coincidence and then it happened to its go. Um, let's talk to <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Day first. Kevin, hello. How are you? Hello there. I'm all right. Thank you. How are you? Yes, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, James Endicott is here. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yes, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm all right. It's Wednesday. I've kind of forgotten about the weekend, so we can yeah. talk about anything. We we might end up doing that actually, to be honest. Yeah, good, um, good. And Andy Street is also here, of course. Uh, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. James, good, good. You? Uh, yeah, not too bad, James. It was very formal. Um, well, we like to refer to you by a, a more mature name than the, the Pod Extra. It's a better quality of entertainment. I yes. Uh, what do they call him on the Pod Extra? We don't need to talk about it. Let's move on to oh, our sponsor. <laughs> what do they call you for this week? <laughs> you, you'll find out. Actually, I'm, what I'm doing this week is I'm going to drop in a little clip from the Pod Extra into part two of the podcast because I thought uh, that no. our main listeners might want. to... I don't listen to the podcast though. No, I promised I would never ever listen to Pod Extra, so don't do that. Can you put? Can you drop it in, in the edit? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to make you sit through it. I'm going to do it oh, great, in the okay, edit afterwards. But it's All so right. that our listeners can get a taste if they're not patrons can get a taste of what they can get from because because the, the last they know how to. JD, been... they've chosen they've chosen not to. <laughs> they, <laughs> it's quite obvious. It's it. been going long enough for them to know about doing you think it. So. But we get new patrons every day. So really? clearly some people are discovering. Little, I think the people that have previously um, cancelled their patron and then come back. Um, <laughs> but they still count. Um, but anyway, I'm going to do that in part two. Before we do anything, we have to, of course, talk about this week's sponsor. And I have to say to Russ from Serenity Massage Therapy, yet again, he's now just sponsor a pod where we've lost heavily. <laughs> but if there's ever a week you would want a massage 
to help relax, it's probably after a heavy palace defeat. So, of course, we're sponsored by Serenity Massage Therapy. And they are a leading palace supporting massage clinic based in the Red Hill Rygate borders in Surrey, just 12 minutes from Croydon. If you're suffering with soft tissue pains due to lockdown posture, stress, driving or Roy Hodgson's tactics, um, Serenity Massage Therapy are ideal for you as they're changing perception of massage through education while not breaking the bank. Uh, call or text Russ at Serenity Massage Therapy on 07967 203 714 or email info at serenity-services.co.uk and quote FYP to get up to 25% off for your friends and, and family. Well, to um, be fair, JD, to be fair to Russ, I don't think it affects the quality of his service, the fact that he can't predict. If we're sponsored by a fortune teller yeah. and, she kept, and she kept picking games where we'd lost, then you'd say perhaps we've got the wrong sponsor, but it's not Russ's fault that he's accidentally on every time we lose. No, I, 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 would, I, would, I would never say that. Um, I'm thinking maybe it's actually helping boost Russ's um, uh, company because more people feel stressed after Palace lose. So they might hear this, hopefully, and think, I'll give Russ a call. Um, someone else that deserves a shout-out is our random patron. So can I get a drum roll for that? Oh, it's very soft. Um, it's Mr. Tim Hall. Oh, hey, hi, Tim. Tim. Hi, Tim. And Tim recently joined our patron, and you can also join our patron and get all the rewards like Tim does, uh, which includes post-match podcasts, which you'll hear for a little bit in a minute, uh, patron-only merch and access to the patron-only WhatsApp club, um, which is very busy at the moment, as you can imagine. So part one, Kevin, we're going to have to discuss Palace's 3-0 defeat at home to Burnley. Now, we'll hear in a minute on the post-match pod, Dom Fifield of The Athletic, describe it as... A bit of a moment in Palace's season. And I'm going to ask you whether you think this is a bit of a moment in Palace's season, in Roy Hodgson's tenure. But I'll also just add in one of our listeners called Andy Leeson. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Who has tweeted Andy. Andy saying simply, why? Just <laughs> why? Um, I, I think it almost guarantees the fact that Roy Hodgson won't be our manager next season. I mean, we, we'll end up going in circles because it, it, you know, I watched Palace play on Saturday and I stopped counting in my thesaurus about 87 words for dismal. Uh, but then I watched Fulham on Sunday against Everton and they were brilliant, but they're 11 points behind us. So it's a kind of conundrum, isn't it? We've, we've talked about this all season. We've talked about this for the last five seasons. What's more important the style of football and where we are in the table. And the fact is we must have won some games at some stage this season because we've got we've got twenty nine points. We must have played decency somewhere. But that was that was unforgivably bad on, on Saturday. And then people say, well, you know, there's no crowd. Maybe if maybe if there was a crowd there we would have played better. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer. But I just the the just the terrible lethargy that came from the team and from the bench as well. The fact that he made no changes at half time, the fact that we conceded that goal so early in the second half, the fact that he, you know, clearly I still don't think he's got a handle on how to use Eze as a creative player. We couldn't even use age as an excuse on Saturday because they're the only team in the in the league that are older than us. But why is it why is it that they're older players? Their three centre backs have played virtually every game in the last six or seven weeks. So why are their centre backs able to play regularly now? We can't get the same pair. Twice, it's just yeah. There was no excuses for that on Saturday, and I just think Steve Parrish knows it's going to be hard to get fans back. And when when fans are allowed back in September, October, there's not a lot of money in our area. There wasn't before 
COVID, to be perfectly honest. People are going to be anxious about coming back in. They're going to have to be lured back. And you're not luring anyone back to Sellers Park with that sort of football. So I, I, don't, I don't want him sacked. I don't wish any ill on any manager. And I think he's done a good job for us. But I don't want him to be manager next season, to be perfectly honest. I don't think he will be. No, we do have a lot of questions about Roy. And I will come on to them later on. Um, but let's focus on the game. Uh, James, Kevin sort of yeah. touched on it there. That first goal... I mean, all mm. of the goals, really. That first goal yeah. particular, PVA sort of runs into Scott Dan. And I mean, it was Sunday League-esque defending, really, wasn't it, for that? Um, we've talked about the defence so much on this podcast, and Kevin's alluded to it there. It chops and it changes. And when you compare to Burnley's centre-backs, who, apart from the start of this season, pretty much played together for the whole campaign, ours is a mess. And and that PVA performance in general, when I, I've just got one question here that says, sort of, PVA done at Palace, question mark. I'm just, what were your thoughts on on all of that, really? Well, I think you look at PVA and his performance, and it's very, it's kind of indicative of the whole team, the way PVA plays, because there's been podcasts when we've when we've been here, we've, we've waxed lyrical, how he's great going forward, he's scored a great goal, and he's playing well, and then, he, then all of a sudden he sort of goes off for a month and disappears, and, or he just does something stupid like he did on at the weekend. And I don't know, I, he's very much, if you wanted to, if you wanted to put Palace's season into one player, maybe PVA would be the player. Mm. I don't think, you know, I mean, that's a very, very crass analogy. And I apologise if I've offended any real PVA haters um, or even real lovers. But we, we're we so inconsistent. That it's so difficult to talk about the team and about where we're going and where we could change because we've talked about the squad. We've got a better squad than we've had in many a season, I believe. If you look at the bench, you know, but it's just the the squad's just not fitting together. Now, that's got to be down to the management team. I'm not just putting it on Roy Shaw. The management team have got to take responsibility. And some of the senior players in the squad as well have got to start looking at themselves. Somebody's got to take this this team and this squad and, and try and get some sort of shape out of it and get it moving forward. Because at the moment, it's just in, it's in fear of being at the beginning of a really bad free fall and nobody wants that yes we're on 29 points is you know but you know there could be a situation where we don't get any more by the end of the season I do think we will get more points I do think we'll stay up but it's as Kev said as well and you said as well JD it's just it's just the the level of performance of the team is just so disappointing as a fan and it's so difficult as well when you're not at the game as well because you can't vent your anger mm-hmm. I'm not blaming that because every football team is not playing in front of their fans but when you've got a team like Palace that you know you just as a fan as a fan who's been going for you know 30 or 40 odd years and shouting at your team through good times and bad you want to vent your anger the crowd wants to and that plays on the players it plays on the management it plays on the board it plays on everybody we're not getting that and it's hard for a fan because we we just I mean we're lucky we can vent our anger out here most people just vent it out on their on their phone or or their cat or their dog I imagine <laughs> <laughs> which is a terrible situation but uh, you know what I really don't know what the problem is the problem is that we, we have the squad Yes, it's an aging squad, but there's some really skillful players in that team. There's some experience in that team. There's just something wrong. There's something rotten at the core. And that's, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. No, I mean, as you're talking now, I'm sort of thinking that there are 
You're thinking I wish you'd show up. I'm thinking this is. I'm, no, he's just. No, he's like he's rambling. Well. He's rambling. I've lost. I've lost concentration. I don't know what he's talking about. I'll, if I come back in two minutes, he's bound to be negative. So it's fine. It's I'll just leave him rolling. Yeah, I'll just leave him rolling and see what that's happens. it. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was talking. <laughs> Good. Thanks for the insight. Thanks for the. That's absolutely fine, JD. Absolutely okay, fine. Now the point I was going to make is that there are. There isn't one reason things are going wrong. There isn't one player. There isn't isn't just the manager. It isn't just the system. It's there's so many different. It's like a perfect storm of shit at the moment. You got you got no fans there, and as you say, that is a factor. You got players out of contract. That is a factor. You've got uh, injuries. That is a factor. You've got a constantly changing team. You've got no Wilfred Zaha there. That is a factor. I mean, Andy, I'm wondering. <laughs> It is difficult to pinpoint what the issues are. And when you go back to the game on, on Saturday, once Palace conceded those two goals and go 2-0 down, it's game over. Against a team like Burnley, we know they're going to be resolute. But even then, there wasn't really any sort of thrust from Palace going forward. Obviously, I guess you can probably caveat that with Wolf being out. But it is very difficult, isn't it, to put your finger on what is happening at the moment. It is. It is. Um... I mean, ultimately, I think there's always this tendency amongst fans at the moment to uh, overplay the significance of a single match in the context of where your team currently is because there's not a lot else to do. And we've spoken about this ad nauseum on this pod, but um, you know, ultimately, Palace aren't in the worst position. It's still over the season, 1.2 points a game. Even if we would have as bad form as we did in Project Restart last year, we would still be fine we've got to probably accrue seven points from the next 14 games um we're not in the worst position and yet i suppose it's um a number of chickens coming home to roost in people not being all that entertained for whatever reason by the style of football um and the issues many of which you, you've highlighted there jd i mean it's very difficult to say that a single cause is behind or a single factor is is the, the causal link that, that is driving absolutely everything because that's not how big organisations work and that's not why things go wrong in big organisations and football clubs are still organisations, uh, even one like Palace. Um, and so it's, you know, one of those things where after a game like Saturday, it's very difficult not to be cross because it was just such a, a poor spectacle and a particularly bad way to start the game. Um, but I'm still not particularly worried in the grand scheme of this season further afield perhaps there, there is difficulty on the horizon but I'm not all that concerned about this season JD yeah. can I pick can I pick you up on one thing JD so yeah. after after Leicester beat Liverpool Brendan Rodgers said I wasn't that fussed when we went a goal down because we had a plan for going a goal down and you think oh they got a plan for going a goal down it's like you mentioned the word system that's part of the problem. What's every single club in the Premier League? I think you, you, you look at Burnley, you look at Fulham, you look at West Brom, even you look at Leeds, you look at the club, they've all got a way of playing. And they might, you know, some of those clubs are below us, but they've got a way of playing. You can't predict from one week to the next what our system's going to be, what our tactics are, what our way of playing is. The closest we come to it recently was away at Newcastle, where we defended well, we, we hit them on the break uh, and used the flanks a lot. But it, and there's this, this whole thing where everyone says, well, Palace's way of playing is well organised, so well set. We've got the second worst defensive record in the Premier League. Yeah. It's nonsense. Our, our goal difference is minus 17. And that's, in, in previous seasons, that's one thing we've consoled ourselves with, the fact that the goal difference is worth an extra point. 
And this season it's not. And I don't, I don't think we'll go down. But it's, you can't keep lurching on like this. I, you, know, he, you don't know. There's no, there's no indication of why he's picking certain players. It just looks like he's throwing the names up in the air. If you like. I'm sure the only reason Benteke started against Burnley was for his defensive qualities. It's as simple as that. I don't think Maybe. Benteke started because he wanted to score goals. And as soon as we, as soon as we were one 0 down, we lost. We've lost the game. And the start of the second half, the ben, Van Arnold's defending for that third goal was just shameful. Just, I mean, that was shameful. Just getting knocked out of the way like that. But the rest of them were, were just spectators. But that was that was all. It's clearly they clearly don't want to play for for Hodgson at the moment. And the whole Zaha thing is just it's just ludicrous. If you've reached a situation where the players are so bamboozled by the lack of one player, then that's a that's a five year failure of management. That's not just a failure now. Yeah, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about a new manager in, in at some stage in the show because people will ask the question. It's like, why is a new manager going to go? The first thing the new manager is going to say is, "Hang on, twelve of your players are out of contract. I don't want to deal with that situation." So this is not. This is this is five years' worth. And the fact that the fact that we've stayed in the Premier League has kind of glossed over all the all the the issues that are not being dealt with. You know, we we simply aren't as well organised and as well run as clubs like Southampton and. And and Leicester, it's and that's you know the new manager can't give him and solve that in six months. But the one thing we know for certain is Roy, God bless him, isn't going to fix it at all. So this is one of the reasons why I say it's 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 numerous issues because all those points he made are right, but also the fact that we stayed in the Premier League for the last few years is also down to Roy as well. Absolutely, so he yeah, needs to be part yeah. of that and and swimming against the tide in many ways. Some sometimes this season. Southampton have just lost six in a row. That's true. Yeah, I agree. I know. I agree. That's what I said. Some of the teams that are, are, are better organ, you know, some of the, Southampton have got a better infrastructure than we have, and I agree. They're at what a point above us in the table or whatever it is. Wolves have got a better infrastructure than us, are only just above us in the table. We're, so we're doing well, dis- but despite ourselves, imagine how well we could be doing if we if we'd had a, a five year plan back when we started a five year plan <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, a fifteen year plan. Yeah, God, when did we start our five-year plan? God, it was a long, long time ago. We were well than five years ago. We didn't even have a plan. We've never had a plan, to be honest, have we? Yeah, so, that's true. Um, James, I mean, Kevin absolutely is right about that. Everything. Used to be the, <laughs> the palace <laughs> <laughs> identity. That that strong defence, that rested defence, and yet the defending for all three goals. And I mean, the Loughton volley was a well-taken volley, but Kevin's yeah. right. I mean, the way he sort of breezed past PVA, you know, like he wasn't there. Uh, the head, the head of the second goal. It's a worry, and actually, one of our listeners, Nick, passed the slips. Is, Hi, that, is that a cricket Ooh. reference? Must yeah. be, yeah. Hopefully, um, <laughs> says. Uh, <laughs> I, about Wilf. Our, our losing streak without Wilf is obvious, but can we use that as an excuse when our defence is leaking goals so easily? Yes, it's harder at the other end without him, but surely cannot solely blame the loss on Good Wilf. Um, which I think is a fair yeah. point. This, the defensive thing is. It's a worry. It's a real, what real? It's a worry. real worry. You know, we were we were talking not a month or so ago when we, you know, we're talking about how many central defenders we've got and how we had backup here, there, and everywhere. But it's just the we've always been very proud. Well, not always, but in the last couple of seasons, we've we've actually done okay defensively. You know, we've we've been all right, but it's just it's just that lack of it's this. It's 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 all about confidence, isn't it, JD? And I just think, and, and maybe maybe the lack of lack of excitement and lack of movement up front is having an effect um, on the defence. Also, we've got nothing in midfield at the moment, really, either. We've got nobody linking this all together. It's just the whole thing just seems so disparate. Yes, we have got twenty nine points, and in the general scheme of things, you look outside of it. Yeah, we're doing okay. If you'd have said to me at the beginning of the season. 
at the beginning of at the middle of February beyond 29 points with 14 games to go, you'd have taken it. I'd have taken yeah. it, definitely. Yeah. Without a doubt, I'd have taken it. But it's not that. It's not the points. It's the manner of the performances. And that's got to come down to the management and the players. And this is what I'm really worried about. And I don't care how old you are. You, you know, you, you, we were talking, look, you're talking 34 years old, 33 years old. These are fit athletes. These, these are not the 30... I mean, we, we've talked about this before. These are not the 34-year-olds of 20 years ago or even 15 years ago. These are finely tuned athletes. Yes, they're not 21. Yes, they're not 22 and running around like a greyhound. But they are fit athletes. And and also, a lot of that game in defence is not just about speed and agility. It's about knowing the game. It's about playing the forwards. It's about making sure that you're in the right position, knowing that that forward's going to move that way. It's about not giving away free kicks in ridiculous areas. It's about defending the place you're supposed to be defending. It's about not letting players fly past you. And, you know, I don't care if you're 34 or if you're 18. You don't let players go past you like that. And I just think there's a, a real problem. Maybe it's in the training ground. It's the confidence. Again, we don't know where the problem is. But there's a problem there. And I'm not having this age as an excuse anymore. It's ridiculous. Because it's more than just an age. It's about the attitude to the game. It's about looking at the game and taking control of the game and knowing what's going on. And those players don't seem to know what's going on at the moment. Yeah, uh, concentration is also a thing, uh, I think, as well. When Sorry, you're what did you say? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Very good. I've missed you guys. <laughs> I've missed you guys. <laughs> I get that banter every week. Um, <laughs> what? It is a, it is a concentration. I'm going to ignore you now. It is a concentration thing, I think, playing a defence. And, 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 and they seem distracted. And maybe the Will thing is an issue. Like, Will Britton has messaged you and said that apparently a- Andros has been on uh, TalkSport talking about the loss of Zaha and how they struggle to adapt without him. Losing Wilf is clearly an issue for the whole squad. How do you begin to change the squad's mentality to be able to cope without Wilf? Um, so, Andy, clearly that does sound like p- players are distracted by that. And is that an issue as well? Because... Yes, Wilf is fantastic. Arguably our best of a player, but it is it is one player. Can you repeat that question, JD, if you had it honest? He came to me, I was like, oh gosh, that's not good. And I, I even well, made it an open question as well. But the, the thing is as well, and I'm sure Andy Street will agree with me, this is probably what he was going to say. It's like it's it's baffling the the psychological effect that Wilf has, especially because yes, he scored goals this season, but can you think of one game that we've won because of Wilf? Can you think of one game that Wilf, where Wilf has grabbed a game by the scruff of the neck yeah. from the minute first minute and let West Brom away? Not really, not until the second half. But it, that's why I don't understand why it has such a big psychological effect. Why is the impact of losing Wilf so heavy? on that team why are they clearly sitting there in the in the dressing room or the free dressing rooms or whatever they are in now looking round going Wilf's not here we can't win this game because that's clearly what's happening they're walking on the pitch thinking we can't win this game without Wilf and yet it's not that influential I, I just simply can't think of any game where it, it, he's really had that massive impact yes he's scored goals but so have other players. So again, that's an that's another fact. It's like you can't blame the players for this. You think, well, what's what's happening with the motivation? What's happening with the manager? Where's the psychology that they, that they pretty much lost before they go out? Because the other team will be saying so that the team sheet will turn up an hour before the kickoff. As soon as they see Zahar's not on it, the other team will think we've we've won this. We're fine. Score the first goal. Game over. Can't can't lose. And that's that's just baffling. And that's but that's management. That's not players. So Bridge. Andy, yeah, that, that's basically what I was trying to say. That's what Andy would have said if he wasn't distracted by a phone call. <laughs> I, I agree, I agree with Kevin. Which I hope is from his boss or a doctor. <laughs> Otherwise, that's really bad manners. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, no, Andy, what is your, what is your view on the whole losing? The stats now something like I think it's eighteen defeats from the last twenty games without Wilf. Why is it such an issue? Especially when you add into the mix that Andros has said it does distract the players. Why has it become such an issue? Uh, it, it's such an issue because he's our best player by far. We also we've lost. You see the stats for losing when Sacco's not playing. And he's not our best player so far by, by a long way. We <laughs> tend to lose when Sacco's not playing either. So. <laughs> I, I would think that's one of the typical correlation rather than causation type situations. I'm going um, to nod politely as I know. <laughs> <that means>. uh, <laughs> I mean, our, our, our attacking strategy is basically give the ball to Wolf and hope he does something quite magical, mm. defend really well, and then hopefully Wolf will take care of things. So, so that when Wolf isn't there, obviously it makes it significantly more difficult you know you hear some people say well other teams also struggle in the absence of their best player and that's obviously true but I don't think there can be all that many teams who are so solely dependent on a single player to possess an attacking threat and that's become more and more acute that issue over time um so ultimately you would think something has to give on that I mean I, I don't think there's any sign that Wilfred's about to leave Crystal Palace or anything of that ill but equally injuries do happen to players particularly as they get older so there has to be some sort of alternative in the absence of of Wolf being available. And at the moment, there doesn't appear to have been any solution struck upon in that regard. Yeah, we've had a few questions about giving Wolf the captaincy. And obviously, Kevin, giving the player the captaincy isn't an issue when they're literally not on the pitch. But it sounds like he may possibly be back for Brighton on Monday. I'm not sure about that. But earlier in the season, when he was given the captain's armband... He was in fine form. He did lead from the front and we were a much more confident team. And that's, that's why we're on 29 points now because our start of the season was so good. So Brad has said, is it a good or bad idea given Wolf the captaincy? Good short term, but makes it even harder when he leaves for us to adapt. Something to consider. Ashley Fletch, Fletcher Hards says the captaincy should be questioned. I don't think Lucas should be captain after breaking lockdown. Shouldn't it be given to Wilf? What, what are your thoughts on that? When Jedi did the pod he spoke about this. It's like, it shouldn't make any difference. You're either a leader on the pitch or you're not a leader. You shouldn't have to wait for the captain's armband before you step up and take responsibility and become but it's, it seems to a leader. We're the only country who takes the captains up. We've said this before, in every other country, the captain shakes hands with the other captain at the start of the game and that's it. This, this focus we have, this attention we have on... on and, and fine, if it works for Wilf, if Wilf thinks... You know, if Wilf feels an inch taller when he goes out on the pitch because he's he's got the captain's armband on, that's great. But there should be natural leaders out there anyway who don't have to wear the captain's armband. You know, we should be looking to Wilf. If, if Wilf wants to be a leader, he can lead by his example on the pitch. And I don't think he's necessarily done that this season, not to the extent that we miss him the way we do. But then there's the other issue as well, is, well, why haven't we got other players who can step in and take Wilf's place? You know, we've, we've got other players who can score goals in other situations. You know, Batshuayi, we've, we've said this to a blue in the face, Batshuayi and Benteke are considered by the rest of football to be international quality strikers. Why can't they step up? Why can't I? Well, he's not good enough. That's why he can't step up. But Batshuayi and Benteke technically are. Eze is. He's too, probably too early for him to step up. But the management shouldn't have allowed the situation to develop when, if it's true, a team is so reliant on the leadership of one player, they've allowed that to happen. And it's not... You know, I, don't, I hate nostalgia, except when it comes to football. But you know, you talk about the Delaney team. I mean, there was four or five players in that. You didn't need an armband. Mm-hmm. 
they just they just were natural leaders, and we we haven't got any of those on the pitch. It's like James said, alluded to, we haven't no. got any natural leaders on the pitch. You can give the armband to who you want. Cahill probably is, but he's only playing one game out of two, or out of three if we're lucky. So who who else? You know, Luke is a very quiet leader on the pitch. You know, he, even with the that's the other thing as well. Even with the no sound option, you can't hear no, players. It's true. You can barely hear the Palace well, bench. You can you hear Ray. pipes up every now and then. Yeah. You can hear Ray, but you know, but you can't hear Palace players. And again, even when, even when you still don't, you don't see Palace players get round and round. Don't condone that sort of thing. But you don't see Palace players challenge decisions. You don't oh. see them defend each other when they did. Get you see the ref in the Ipswich game know. last night. I heard about it. I did not. Is, it, is that I still going on? Um, <laughs> a player what squared happened? up to him. Alan Judge squared up to him after uh, getting booked for diving, and the ref squared back, squared up back to him, and like went went um, forehead to forehead against him. <laughs> he was mad. I think he's going to get yeah. sacked. I don't know. It's absolutely mad. I quite enjoyed it, but um, yeah, he'll be the hero for all the other oh, refs. Love it. Yeah. Once, yeah, once COVID's over, we'll be back in the pub getting loads of pints off the referees. They all wanted to do it massively. <laughs> and he's the one that broke ranks. No, the, the, the leader point is a fair point. And I think actually that is one of the takeaways from Saturday. It did feel like there wasn't really anyone sort of taking the game by the scruff of the neck. And Yeah, but JD, it's hard to be a leader when you don't know what you're leading. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you're walking out of the pitch with a game plan and you've got a leader who's, who's putting that into action. As far as we can see, as a fa- as the fans, there seems to be a little, little plan of what's going on. And it, well, if, if if you've got a bunch of people behind you who don't know what they're doing, how can you lead them? Everybody needs to know, and I, I don't know whether they do know. And if they do, if they do know, then they're not putting it into place. I mean, for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of the game, you shouldn't need a, the captain to get you all going anyway. You should be also pumped up and ready to go. Know what you're doing, know your position, and know what you're doing for the first 15, 20 minutes. If we concede or if we score or something happens, then that's when the captain should come into his own and start to move the team around, mm. get getting the word from the bench, getting the team sorted out, and moving them around, moving them around and moving them on and gene them up. So your first 15, 20 minutes, you don't need that. And so, you know, this whole as, as Ken said, this whole captain thing, I'm not having it. Yeah, because also, you've got, you know, it's, it's not it's not the captain who makes substitutions either. Exactly, it's not yeah. it's not the captain who's standing there waiting for an hour thinking, uh, "What are these people doing on my bench? Is any of those able to come?" Does the bus this? stop? In, in, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're here for vaccinations, like I am. Says Roy. This yeah. is like, it's just that. I mean, that was that was the most. I, that was really depressing. I know we know Roy's always been conservative when it comes to substitutions, but people saying oh, he waited till after half time. Never mind that. He waited till after we were two 0 down. Ten minutes was the time to change that, not because the instructions would have been, and I can almost one hundred percent guarantee that we'll get through to half time, keep it two nil, and then we'll see what will change. And the answer is nothing. And, yeah. then, and then they would have sent, he would have sent them out like Sunday football stuff. When you're eight nil down against a really good team, Sunday football, try not to concede the next goal. Try to win. Oh, a minute gone, we've conceded the next goal. We're really, you know, that's not that's not the captain's fault. I don't yeah. even think it's the players' fault, to be perfectly honest. There was no indication. Even the body language as they came back out for the second half, none, none of you felt, oh, they look up for this, they're going to, we'll get the first goal back, we'll put some pressure on them. Just go, oh, it's a matter of time. They go, oh, they've scored it. There you go. Didn't even have to yeah. wait. Well, listen, guys, speaking as the captain of this podcast. Um, what? Our, our, we, do, <laughs> we, we do have a plan. We do have a plan, and that is to take a break. <laughs> At the end of part one and going to part two. Before we do that, All right, though, skipper, okay. you're such a <laughs> leader. Skip from now on. Don't. I literally have a captain's armband downstairs, so don't tempt me because I will wear it. Um, we've had a question from Rob. Hi, Rob. And he says, Hi, "Is Rob. it acceptable to doze off 
while watching <laughs> South London's finest. Is there, <laughs> any of you guys doze off on Saturday? <laughs> I started doing work halfway through the second half. I was too angry today. I can't, I can't sleep when I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what's the question? I was just, I just nodded <laughs> off <there. laughs> Right, well, that, then it is the perfect place for us to take a break. <laughs> and in part two, well, we'll take a break and we'll come back after this. My brother-in-law died suddenly and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Fire Time Podcast. Uh, this is a new feature captain. <laughs> captain leading the way I might suck <laughs> Kevin off in a minute um, And uh, this is a new feature where We're going to do a clip from our pod extra Which we do every week after every game Mere hours Sometimes minutes after the final whistle And featured on it is uh, Rob Sutherland, Dom Fifield, And Adam Sells And here's a clip from them Oh and me sometimes And here's a clip from them chatting after On Saturday night after that game against Burnley Roy's getting the flack for having nearly the, if we'd won today, as I said, the highest points total in, in our history in the Premier League at this stage, with the with the lowest net spend of any club in the Premier League since he's been the manager. And he carries the can for it all the time. And it's, that that's not right, I'm afraid. The, the, nobody's, nobody's on their Twitter account screaming for Dougie Friedman to be replaced because we nearly got Ismailia Saar and we nearly got Saeed Ben Rama. And we nearly got Rian Brewster. And thank God we didn't, quite frankly, if he was willing to waste £20 million on him. But luckily, we wouldn't go the whole nine yards with that. But, you know, the, these questions have to be asked. The, you know, managing a, 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 a squad where half the players are, are in their notice period and the manager doesn't even know if he's been here, as we've said before, it's just not conducive to success, is it? Can I just say as well, on the back of that, isn't that isn't it the weirdest thing that, as Celtic says, have, have we won today? We'd have our highest points total after twenty five games, and it feels like we're having a terrible season. It, mm. it doesn't feel like we are having statistically one of our best ever seasons well, in the Premier League. Even Roy, it feels like we're having that. a mare. Yeah, I mean he, that was put to him in his press conference yesterday on Friday, and he said, "I find that hard to believe because it doesn't feel as if we're having a great season." And that's he he put that down to the fact that the the post-lockdown games feel as if they're part of this season. Yeah, yeah. And eight, yeah, they do. was it eight, eight on the bounce? Did we lose? So I mean, that, that it, sort of rolled was, into yeah. this. There was only a three-week gap before it restarted again, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would, that's true. I, 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 again, I, I, inevitably, I I tend to end up agreeing with Selzy on, on on stuff like this. and, and You know it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... 
<laughs> I don't know, mate. It's it's that felt that felt like a bit of a moment tonight. If I'm honest, I mean, yeah. I'm just looking yeah. at yeah. Burnley's team now. Um, they're, they're all they're not the they're not the greatest um, players in the world. They're, you know, I think you probably look at their team prior to kickoff, and you, you, a lot of there'll be people out there, the same people that argue this is the greatest Crystal Palace squad there's ever been, would probably look at that and say. Um, yeah, Tarkovsky would would definitely be would pursue Tarkovsky. Maybe maybe Rodriguez yeah. would be quite good to have McNeil, obviously, uh, and, and then Pope and uh, Guita. You could argue, you know, they both they both use pretty good gloves, so they could they could good possibly. Answer, yeah. I knew you, I knew you talked sense. <laughs> but but beyond that, um, you know, the rest of them feel have got the journeyman feel about them all. But the reality is, and watching that tonight, and yes, they started considerably lower than Crystal Palace in the table, which we shouldn't forget. And yes, they had more intensity because they've got more to play for because they started lower in the table than Crystal Palace. They were the nearest team to the relegation zone um, at the start of play tonight. Um, but actually... They had a collective unity to them that Palace didn't have. Correct. Palace were Correct. a yeah. load of individuals, some of whom are playing for contracts, some of them are playing for their next clubs, some of them some of them maybe aren't fit, um, some of them are trying to impress and maybe trying too hard, and a, a manager who is in, in an impossible position because of all those scenarios, but also a manager who has been at the club for three and a half years. I just feel as if the whole thing, yes, it's the eighth, going into a ninth season potentially in the top flight, this should be the greatest period in our history. Um, it we, is. Could, we, we could have been, we could have had the, the biggest tally yet. We, I, I don't know what we did in our 26th game back in 2015-16, but I, I imagine that we're probably only ever going to be one win away from being in our best, greatest points position for some time because we didn't win any games in that second half of the season apart from Norwich and Stoke so we'll probably overtake that again at some point but the reality is everything about it at the moment is stale it's stale it's yeah. it's it's just and and there will not be any re- resolution to that getting rid of the manager now will not change that i mean yes it might a new manager come into a club a new voice does have tend to have a bit of a a spark at most clubs, but he would still be coming into a club where twelve people are out of contract in the summer. Mm. I, I don't think that will have a massive effect. I mean, some of them might might decide, oh, maybe if I impress him, then I'll make myself invaluable and I'll get another deal. But they, to be honest with you, they should be feeling that anyway at the moment. Um, yeah. I, I think we're going to be in this situation for a, a few months yet, and then and then that summer suddenly becomes. Well, as we know, we talk about it all the time. The summer is huge, but there are going to be a few groundhog days before then, and and I don't think much of what we're going to see in the next few weeks and months is going to be pretty. Oh, <laughs> this is it's... that really hit that hurt that hurt. Me. Dom, Dom, the problem is that's the reality in a nutshell of the situation. But among our fan base, it seems to be that. You know that that we should be better, and they should be expecting more, and that's so, something. Given the situation, I just can't see. So for me, I think I think you have to be. We've got to be fair to fans here as well, right? 
it's it's not just the fact that we're losing games it's the nature of performances and I, I and again we can we can talk about players leaving and everything else but it's the nature of repeated performances like this and the fact that we're we're not just losing matches we're conceding easy easy goals against sides that like today Burnley I think are one of the lowest scoring teams in the league they've this was the first time I think they they've they scored something like five goals away from home this season and they and they scored three against Crystal Palace today and I appreciate that we're talking about a manager who is managing a team of players that are out of contract the manager is is likely is out of contract at the end of the season too but it's the nature of the performances that people are most upset about and it's the fact that we go into these matches and we all hope that we see something different this time round that every single every single week we think please let it be something different and it hasn't been and it's and and i i understand that that roy has got players that he can you know has 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 a, a, a has play has only a limited squad he only has a limited number of players that he can pick but there 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 has to be a better combination of the players that we currently use and there has to be a different attitude from the players that are picked there has to be a different mentality and that the mentality aspect does come from the manager Well, there you go. That was uh, Adam, Rob, Dom, uh, and me uh, talking about the game. I can't believe what they called you. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I cut that bit out. Um, and how much? Uh, uh, how much is? How much extra is that? Well, if you liked the sound of that and you want to become a patron and get that every week uh, straight after the game, it's uh, three pounds a month. There are various Ooh. tiers. The cheapest is three pounds a month, which is which is Ooh. nothing really. Um, and then there are more tiers going up, including you can get merchandise, uh, join the WhatsApp club, and there's all sorts of stuff. If you go to patron.com uh, forward slash FYP podcast, you can find out all the information and sign well, up they, there. They, 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 they've got merchandise and we haven't. I've given you guys the merch. I literally sent you guys I'm the just saying, what, the badges. Those badges you couldn't get rid of that I've got 15 of. JG, JG here as well. Yeah, I sent you the t I'm just thinking you're talking about tears. Mm. Yeah. Are those tears of what? Tears of ha- sadness? Or tears of joy? Bit of both. Oh. Okay, fine. Oh. Let's move on. To part three, uh, where we're going to have a lot of questions from our listeners. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to part three of the Five Land Podcast. Yay! 
Sponsored this week, forgot to mention this in part two. Uh, apologies. Um, sponsored by Serenity Massage Therapy, making the world a more comfortable place, one massage at a time. Call or text Russ at Serenity Massage Therapy on 07967 203 714 or email info at serenity services.co.uk and quote FYP to get up to 25% off for your friends and family. I don't know what to do first haircut or massage. <laughs> you both at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'd make a lot of money that way. Um, are you guys ready for a lot of questions? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The first one comes from, I think, Kevin, you're probably expecting this. Brian Hipkin. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. He says, is it time for Kevin to get his piece of paper out? I've, I've been asked this question a lot recently, Brian. And also people have pointed out that perhaps the fact we've lost two games on a spin is something to do with me saying I'm not going to have a piece of paper <laughs> this year. But I'm going to channel my inner Andy Street and say, no, I don't think it is my fault. I, if, we're still, if we haven't won with 10 games to go... I, I've actually chosen the piece of paper, to be perfectly honest. The piece of paper's, <laughs> the piece of paper's there and waiting. But I'm just, I'm really hoping I don't, I don't have to use it. Well, Brian has actually said, I haven't read the full question. He said, can you get the paper out? Not for Palace, but for Fulham. I don't know if oh, Brian's maybe a Fulham fan Well, I think the things, and, and Andy will point this out, because Andy's much better at stats and what they're called than I am. But, I mean, Fulham played brilliantly the other night. There's no doubt about that. They played really well against an, an Everton team knackered from that Tottenham FA Cup game. But Fulham, that was still only the third win of the season. And as Andy points out, there is a phrase for this, Andy. Why would you suddenly expect them to win? They've got to win seven games pretty much, you'd think, for them to get up to us. And there's teams between us and them as well. So, In terms of no points over the last five games, they're in an identical yeah. spot to us. You know, yeah. they've, they've, they've averaged... 0.875 points per game, as we all know, so yeah. far this season. <laughs> the, the idea that all of a sudden they're going to start averaging two points per game for the remainder of the seasons for the birds, it's just it's mm. not going to happen. Speaking I think I'm going to get which... such pelters now if it does, in fact, happen. <laughs> yeah, you are. Probably from us. Um, to be, on the theme of that, then, we have had a few people who are worried about relegation. Uh, John Robert Hi, John. has said... Oh. Oh, this is so, so I really remember. Neil Price has asked about uh, Palace Warren about relegation. No, actually, Neil said he's re- he'd rather be in the Championship than defend the way we do against the top six. Mm. I'm going to move yeah. on from that. Um, it's Ricky B has said uh, the way that Sky are talking about Fulham and Newcastle possibly staying up. Are we too guilty of navel gazing? I've had that phrase in the podcast for a while. Um, Big Old Palace has said this is the most depressed I've been all season. And I didn't think that would happen after Villa Park. Absolutely awful. Is anyone else worried about going down if you don't improve? And then John Roberts enters, has, has looking at the bigger picture. He's put, it would appear that this is the most successful first team squad and manager has reached its end date. But in reality, the promising academy players are five years off replacing them. Should we accept this cycle and likely relegation as part of the evolution of the club? I don't want to go down. I don't want to go down. I don't think we will go down. Um, you know, it's all very well. I think it'll be good for us to go down. That argument, it'll be good for us to go down because it'll it'll get everybody thinking positively again and we'll get the academy going and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you, you've got to get back up. It's not that easy. It's not mm, that easy. Yeah. I would, I would, you know, if I had the choice of going down and struggling to get back up, I'd, I'd rather struggle to stay up the struggle to get back up. I mean, okay, maybe the football might be more exciting in the championship because we're not 
gaping. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I, I'm with Kev on this. Kev always says this. I want to see the best players in the world. I, I want the Premier League to be at Crystal Palace. I don't want to be in the Championship. I don't want to be. If we end up being there, of course I can support my club and I'll go down there and all that. But I want to be in the Premier League. I want to be there. I want to be. I want to see the best players. I, I want to compete with the best players. And we can. We've got 29 points already. We are competing in the Premier League. We are. We can beat the big teams. We have done and we will do. This is just a really bad time at the moment. And yes, the club is in a bit of transition, but it's been a bit of transition for a couple of years now, let's be honest. It's just nobody at the club has really addressed it. And that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. There's, there's, Enders is absolutely right. There's two points to pick up now. I, I was asked to do the away team programme notes for the for the Brighton programme. And the chap interviewing me was talking about you know, the fact that Sky Sky love Brighton. They're all over Brighton. I mean, they're, they're, they're so... Yeah. Oh, pot of this. They almost do like a podcast with a Brighton fan, don't they, Kevin? Yeah, yeah exactly. But the, uh, he's more realistic because <laughs> of, of things... Because like I said to this chap, yeah, it's great. Sky do do love Brighton. But the last time I looked, they were below us in the league table. Mm. So And so were Newcastle and so were Fulham. And it's like... The, 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 the more worrying point that was raised there, and as Endicott... Uh, ran with the ball like a proper rugby league forward. <laughs> is this is 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 there probably is a fight? We've got we've got an aging squad, we've got twelve players out of contract. We haven't by the look at it got young academy players to to step in and take their place. That's a massive issue. Yeah. That's a massive failure of forward planning. It's as simple as that. That no one no that yeah we and you doubt that we've got five transfers lined up in the summer to take to to you know, to refresh the squad. And that is an issue that has got to be looked at because we just we just seem to lurch from season to season. Every season, despite what we say at the end of last season, we've started this season again like we're a championship team. Mm. You know, we had two really good results at the start. We think, okay, we've broken the cycle. And then suddenly we're here again, you know, back in, in October, November, we were saying, it's fantastic. By the time February, March comes around, we'll be talking about Europe. And now look at us. We're still looking over our shoulder again as we are... Every season, that cycle's got to be broken somehow. Mm. It's got to be broken. But the more it is, the more it is it will take us to go down to go down for that to happen. And it's, I, you know, going down financially at the moment, going down would be a disaster. And that for for any football club, maybe maybe the top six, the so-called traditional top six, are slightly immune. But for a club the size of Palace, going down would be, even with parachute payments, it would be a really really terrible thing to happen. I don't think it will happen. But the fact is that we're even talking about it. It's just ludicrous. Okay, well, look, I've got a question on that theme. I'll go to Andy for it first, actually, but I'll ask all of you. From Matt Tassel. Hi, Matt. Uh, a long-time listener. Remember, Matt, can you ask some questions when we're in the championship? Um, he's put, as of 2021, what is Crystal Palace's five-year plan? <laughs> <laughs> Difficult question to answer, I guess, Andy, mm. but um, it is surely something that most fans will be wondering, I'd imagine. Stay in the Premier League. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty much that simple. I, mean, I completely agree with, with Kevin's viewpoints. Uh, from a financial perspective, it would be a disaster for, for Palace to go down. But it's also a disaster from a human point of view because mm. there are people's livelihoods who depend yeah. upon Palace yeah. being able to employ more yeah. people as a Premier League club. And Crystal Palace may be a sort of cultural way of life for fans and something particularly important to them, but it is not something that they depend upon to put, you know, food on the table as some of the run of the mill, if you want to call them that, uh, staff at, at the club will, you know, the, 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 the 
backroom, the, the uh, operational and commercial staff, and so on and so forth, and club shop staff who will, you know, ensure the uh, efficient running of the club and who are very important to us in the Premier League. Very yeah. that it'd be highly unlikely that all of them would be retained if we were to be relegated. So yeah. I think that's you know a very important point to make as well. Um, how you stay in the Premier League by hook or by crook, I don't think it's all that material. To be perfectly honest with you, um, it's very difficult for clubs to stay in the league who are of our stature over a very, very long period. And I, I really do not understand the uh, glib assertion some fans make that it'll be good for us to go back down and rebuild and come back up again. Ask Hull about that. Ask yeah. Stoke about that. Ask Ipswich Sunderland. about that. Ask Sunderland, Sunderland about that. Yeah. There are any number of examples of clubs who have gone down and being singularly unable not even just to rebuild, but not even, sorry, just to come back up, but to rebuild at all and then yeah. themselves find themselves in, in greater turmoil than when they went down. So I, I just don't buy that one bit. So the, the bottom line has to be stay in the league for as many of those five years as mm. possible and hopefully all of them. And the, the yeah, thing, okay. is, the thing yeah. is, Andy, during the current crisis, we are actually putting food on people's tables because there's 1,500 meals Literally, a week. There's yeah. 1,500 yeah. meals a week coming out of the, the palace kitchens to people in the local community who need help. And relegation affects the club, but it also affects the foundation. Yeah. The budget of the foundation will be hugely hit, but, and that affects the local community as well. And that's the same for any relegated club. Everyone, you know, people talk about, you know, as you say, glibly, yeah, we'll go down, we'll play good football, we'll come back up. It's the, the short-term effect, even a season out of the Premier League, the short-term effect is drastic on the people in the club and the community. So, And you you often wonder whether... So, yeah, you don't expect players necessarily. No. I, I think they do, actually. I think we've got a set of players who probably do have a, a social responsibility values. You know, clearly, we've seen that from some of the stuff that players have been doing, not just at our club, but, you know, it's it's... Players know, for the most part, they'll get another contract, they'll get another job. But it's, you know, it's 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 not something to be thought of going down this season. And but it, it, it'd just be nice for everybody if we could not have this discussion again. That's what again sound like a stuck record. No, really, really good points. Um, Enders, I'd imagine you'd have said something similar then for the five-year plan. I would have said exactly the same. Yeah. Very, very good. The, one of the reasons, Enders, though, that we have stayed in the Premier League in the last couple yeah. of years is Roy Hodgson. He has absolutely yeah. been one of the factors, but a lot of people f- feels like there's been a real turn against Roy after that Burnley game, something that's been bubbling away for a while, I think. So we do have to discuss him for a bit, unfortunately. Um, there's a few questions that come in. Um, Mike Cooling Hi, Mike. has Hi, said, Mike. how long is too long? I assume referring to <laughs> Roy at the helm. John... Has said, how bad he's used a stronger word how bad do we have to get for Roy to be outed <laughs> by Mr P uh, someone called what's the message um, has said that this is the worst football uh, on a par with the terrible Alan Mullery team and he mm. wants to see wow. uh, Roy wow. uh, wow. given the boot and We've actually had a really nice one here from Stu at that guy Stu. Hi Stu. Ah, <laughs> this is quite a nice spin, Enders. He's put, can we stop using hashtag Roy out and replace with hashtag thanks Roy? Mm. Things may not be great right now, and it may be time to go, but the guy has worked miracles with minimal resources and genuinely has the club at heart. I want a new manager too, but I feel like we should try and be respectful. It feel, it does feel a bit like the beginning of the end, <laughs> but it's, uh, it'd be nice if more of us could be like Stu, wouldn't it? Yes, but unfortunately, um, football fans 
are not known for being respectful a lot of the time, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of us are. Uh, yes, of course we want respect for Roy, but we also want our team to be doing well. And, you know, I think in previous seasons, I've, we've, I've had the argument, I, I pay my money and I want to be entertained. This season, I'm not paying any money. Um, but I still want to be entertained. And I want to be entertained, but I want to see my team doing well. And Roy has done an amazing job. And yes, he is one of the main factors for us being in the Premier League, still in the Premier League. But his time has come to an end. His time has definitely come to an end. I don't think anybody on, on this pod at any point has thought he would be here next season. Um, I don't think he will be next season. I don't think he should be here next season. I don't think he probably wants to be here next season. But I just think there's got to... I don't think... But then you've got the question is, who do you get in? And this is where I'm sure there's a lot of questions about who we get in. But do we get somebody in now to work alongside him? Or do we just we have somebody waiting in the wings who knows, like in March, that they're coming to us in June? Um, or, or what? I, I, I don't know the best way to do it. But I think there has to be a change at the club. And I think Roy's time, I think he should go uh, at the end of the season. Maybe... I don't know, maybe going against what football managers do, maybe he says now, I'm going at the end of the season. I don't know, maybe maybe then maybe then the squad will start to play for Roy for the rest of the season, knowing they've only got 14 games with him. I don't know, I'm just clutching at straws here. Um, I think that's the sort of thing, James, he, he would say that, he may say that privately to players, I don't think he's yes, going to say yeah. that no, in public. No. And, and barring disastrous results against Brighton and Fulham, Steve Parrish won't sack him. He no. doesn't want to be the person who ends Roy Hodgson's career. His, his contract's coming up for renewal. It, it won't be renewed, and then Roy's reputation will be re-evalued in seasons to come. And people, as is the nature of football fans, will be saying, oh, what we need is Roy Hodgson. We're in trouble here. We need a steady hand. <laughs> thing. But, but, yeah. and, that's exactly, and that's exactly what will happen. And But most Palace fans, I think Stu's point is a good one. And bear in mind as well that 80% of Palace fans don't take to Twitter for any mm. for any reason, good or bad. So you know, I think yeah. I think most people respect Roy. Of course, they do. Most people respect the job that that Roy's done. But it's just thrown into harsh relief this season because there's no way of changing. You know, Roy's not going to change his ways. He's not going to change his philosophy. And and I, I agree with Enders. He looks to me he looks increasingly tired and fed up. His post, yeah, his post match demeanour is, is is lost. His any sense of humour he clearly had. He clearly wants to say to people, we're mid-table, what's the matter with you people? We've got 29 yeah. points. Yeah. And it's you know, there is an issue with him. He does he does tend to refuse to take any blame. He'll always look for someone else to... There'll always be an excuse, but that's the nature of the beast. Other football managers are the same. And I, I think the fact that his contract is up for it all is perfect timing, really. And mm-hmm. the only issue is who who's he replaced with and when that replacement comes in. <laughs> Do you think, Kev, do you think that the board are looking right now for something new? Yeah, I'd be amazed if they weren't, to be perfectly honest. I'd be amazed if they weren't already talking to... Well, you can't, technically. You're not allowed to... to, 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 You know, we all know, as Andy Street knows better than most people, legally, you're not meant to do... Or within the rules of football, you're not meant to... You know, tap people up as they used to call it, but they mm. will be talking to people who know people. You know, Eddie, they can talk to Eddie Howe as much as they want. I, I still think that Sean Dyche would be Steve Parrish's favoured option, but I don't think that'll happen. I think he'll be looking at people like John Terry, Frank Lampard, Stephen Gerrard, and I think he will be he will be putting feelers out now. I, you know, I don't think Steve. You know, people suddenly over the weekend, the Swansea manager becomes out of nowhere becomes everyone's choice. Now, I, I don't think. That would make no sense at all to get rid of the most experienced manager in football and to bring someone in with no experience of Premier League football would make <laughs> would make no sense. That would be 
But it would be very... It would be a typical palace. Oh, palace. Of course it would. <laughs> but you, that, that, you might as well admit that that would be like starting again as a, as a, yeah, a team just promoted, basically. Yeah. And the thing with a championship manager is I'm all for encouraging young British talent, but I want other clubs to do it, not mine. <laughs> I, I want people that are guaranteed to, to, to keep us up and, and, play, and play good football. And the thing is, you get a championship manager and you attract championship players. That's the, that's the problem. So I don't think that will be on... on of Paris's shortlist to be perfectly honest I think it'd be a really difficult sell to Palace fans again bear in mind that he's got to lure people back to Sellers Park he's going to need someone that gets the blood pumping he's going to need someone where Palace fans go crikey that's well that didn't didn't see that coming but that's good that's sexy that's why I think I generally think Frank Lampard would probably for me would be would be favourite at the moment whether or not Frank would see that as a retrograde step I don't know but you know he's he's high in the bet, and John. I think John Terry would tick a lot of boxes with Palace fans because he's he's gnarly. Do you know what I mean? He's a he's a people like it. He's a good people in football love him. You can shake your head as much as you like, JD. People in football really like him, and his reputation as a coach is really really high. And if you want the defence sorted out, he's going to sort it out. And it's not it's not just Dean Smith that's turned Villa into a really really good side this season. Yeah, yeah, if John if John Terry becomes Palace manager, I genuinely would reconsider going to games. I mean, I know literally, I literally can't go at the moment, but I absolutely hate John Terry. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I despise the man. Um, Steve Cooper is the name of the Swansea manager you're referring to. Yeah, if anyone that. wants to Google his name, that does come with a warning though, because he is not a looker. That's that's all I'm going to say. That, that comes with the oh, 2021. Whoa, whoa. What's the matter with you? Oh, Come on, man! Shameful to see a good-looking young man just judge people. What's he called, looks. Steve? Well, I mean, like, no, no, Steve don't. See, he's right, so don't. <laughs> I mean, he's Ian Dowie. He's on the he's on the Ian Dowie end rather than the JD end of the scale, basically. <laughs> How did I get complimented out of that? Um, yeah, I'll take you it. don't look like Ian Dowie. That is a compliment of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, we'll see. I mean, Dom offered on the extra pod a couple of weeks ago a sort of an explanation. Obviously, Dom's covered Chelsea for quite a long time as to where he thinks Lampard would be on that. And he doesn't seem confident that Lampard would consider a move to Palace at the moment. But as we know, you know, stranger things have happened. It's only four years ago that Frank de Boer was our manager for a bit. So, mm. you know, strange things do happen in the life of Crystal Palace. And Deitch and Howe are obviously the names linked um, he- more heavily than anyone. But it's going to be a big summer. It is going to be a big summer on that regard, player regard, contract regard, everything. Fans may be coming back next season. You know, it's going to be a really, really big summer. And of course, we will talk about it on this podcast when it happens. Let's wrap up part two there, part three, sorry, with a couple of more positivity. I'm trying to inject some positivity into, yeah, into nice. the pod this week, guys. Nice one. Nice so, um, Anna Mondrell Hi, Anna. Hi, Anna. has put, Anna. on a positive note, we've been in the Premier League for seven seasons, which is by far our most successful period since I first went to a game in 96. This season isn't easy for many reasons, but I hope we can all remember to stick together, support the club we love, and keep the faith. And Stephen Rodan... In a similar uh, theme, says, can we all get behind the team, whatever, whatever team the manager puts out next Monday? So I yeah. think... I think a lot of fans are still thinking that, uh, despite the issues and the troubles, there's still there is still people out there with positivity, and I think that needs to be remembered as well. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, fam- we're family, and families bicker occasionally. Simple as that. Well put. Um, well put. Let's move on then to part four, where we're going to preview that game that Stephen's just mentioned, uh, Brighton on Monday. 
Sherwin-Williams during the sweet summer sale, June 30th through July 10th, and get 30% off paints and stains with prices starting at $31.14. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Welcome back to the Five Plan Podcast. Hey, I Exactly. Yeah, really exactly. Thank you, Anna and Stephen. Um, yeah. Sponsored this week by Serenity Massage Therapy. Another way to help you feel positive. Uh, making the world a more comfortable place. One massage at a time. Call or text Russ at Serenity Massage Therapy on 07967 203 714 or email info at serenity-services.co.uk and quote FYP to get up to 25% off. Right, Kevin, Brighton on Monday. Um Not a fixture that we've done particularly well in recent years that we did obviously get that result the last live game I went to actually before lockdown was mm. that Brighton game last season. Quite a few questions. Gel D- Jed Die has Jed. said, do, or Jed D, I don't know. Um, do we think the players will understand the Brighton Palace rivalry? Jack MK95, can we be positive for Monday night? So someone else being positive. Um, and then DCT87 says, who will it be that will score within the first five minutes this week? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, with, with regards to the first question, one of the things that uh, annoy and I, in general I am pro Roy Hodgson in general my patience is wearing very thin but one of the things that really annoyed me about him last season was when he talked about Palace Brighton being just another three points you can't do that you can't do that in public don't say that to Palace fans no. don't say it to Brighton fans it's, it's not yeah, I mean yes technically it is I know that but it's not it means more than that to, to all of us the performance and the points against Brighton are very 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 important um, as for the game itself, I mean, I get nervous enough watching Palace on telly anyway. It's going to be... Uh, I mean, uh, on form, they're, they're, Brighton's recent form is very good. The trouble is, uh, and what I would normally follow that with is, but it's a derby, so you never know, but a derby in an empty stadium is not the same. Mm. You know, they were... They were the best. I just want to see us try and win it. I just don't... I, I'm still so annoyed by the performance at Sellers Park this season when it clearly didn't look like anybody had told them how important the game is against Brighton. But whoever we're playing, you just, we just need to see a reaction, Enders, don't we? We just need to see, yeah, a, re- yeah, well, yeah, we need to see a reaction from that. And it's, it's a shame in a way. I almost wish the game was Friday night or Saturday rather than having to wait till yeah. Monday. It's, I, and again, it might help that, that Wilf, it might get Wilf on the bench, who knows, but you just want to see a reaction. You just want to see them let us know that they, they let us down. And, and they they want to rectify that. And if you lose, you lose. If you, you know, if you if you play well and lose, fine, you accept that. But it's when you're just so passive and so negative and so unbothered by losing. That's when you get angry as a as a fan. And as and as Ender says, it's even worse because you can't vent your spleen. And, and you know, yeah, I think you know the start of that second half against Burnley on Saturday, we would have got behind it. It would have been a massive, huge. We, mm. we may not have been two 0 down. You don't know the effect of no crowd being there, but it certainly does have an effect on the derby. But they they need to know whoever whoever tells them whether it's Ray Lewington or Steve Parrish goes down or Wolf Sahar goes down. But they need to know how important this mm. game is. Basically, well, we know that Wolf knows that. Yeah. Oh, Wolf definitely knows it. Yeah. yeah. Wolf definitely knows. I think it's just important, you know. Whether, yes, there'll be some players in the squad who won't understand 
uh, how important it is to the players. But there are some people there that do, and also with the, and they will know that the fans' reaction to the last game and how negative it's been, and how everybody's throwing their arms up in the air, everybody's despondent. And this is, you know, in a sense, this game has come at a good time. It's the chance mm-hmm. to redeem themselves, not only to get, not yeah. only to a good performance, but also against your rivals. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it's the one. And, and and I'm like, you know, I don't know if a lot of Palace fans are thinking like this. It's almost not, it's not the result on Monday. It's the performance yeah. for me. It really is the performance. The, the result, in a sense, doesn't matter in terms of our league, our staying up in the Premier League. I don't think it's going to make that much difference. It's about the performance on Monday. It's about the team playing for each other and playing for Roy. And Roy put himself on the game and just, and you know, I've said it before, let's just go out there and just play, play like we can do, use Eze like we should yeah, use yeah, him. Yeah. Just, you know, let's use yeah. Eze. I've got so many QPR fans who were so happy that he came to Palace mm. and now they're turning around to me. Literally, they could turn around and go, I'm, I'm really pissed off he's going to Palace you now because you're not playing yeah. him right. You're not playing him right. Mm. You are not playing him. Just use it. Let the guy play his football. Yeah. And, you know, he'll, he'll, he, though he's never played in a derby, he will know the importance of this derby because he's a lad from South London. He's mates with Wilf. Wilf will tell him, this is, this is your chance here. This is your chance. And that team, they, they've got a chance to redeem themselves to the fans and to put all this despondency behind mm. us. And let's hope they can do it on Monday. And you know what? If, if Wilf is that important to the team and the squad, and he clearly is, even if he's not fit, bring him down. Sit him on, Absolutely. put him on the bench. Absolutely. Put, yeah. put the tracksuit on him. Put him next to Roy. Put him next to Lewington. Let him shout. Let him get in the players' ear. Let him subconsciously brighten players. Look over and see Zahar on the bench. Get annoyed yeah, about it. Just uh, if, if he's the one I that agree. understands, let him let him be there. Simple as that. I agree. So I, I think agree. If, I if Mitchell's playing, if Eze's playing, they'll listen to Wolf. Yeah, yeah let him them up. Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, of course you can. Well, I don't. Well, I can't see any reason why not. He's a, a he's part of the squad, so he's, he's allowed yeah. to. You know, he will, or you can lie and say he's fit. He's on the bench and don't yeah. bring him on. So yes, you <laughs> can, there's, there's ways of getting yeah, there. Of course, exactly. right. it'd be like Cristiano Ronaldo in the Euro yeah. 2016 final when he basically coached Portugal to victory. Or like no, John, or if, John if, Terry if, turning up with his full kit. It's a sort of management. It's a sort of leadership we want. You are. Yeah, it's you such a John Terry from John Terry. Yeah, you remember, you remember when when t- cousin Tom was was at a really low end because he was out oh, of football yeah, yeah. And, and John Terry was doing a TV show I was doing and John Terry spoke with him for for two hours. He took him aside and spoke with, to Tom for two hours and and changed changed the the boys around, changed his mentality around, and gave him people to talk to. And people like John Terry. People in football genuinely like John Terry. He's a tabloid rascal. There's no doubt about it. The tabloids look for, but he's he's a decent bloke and he's a he's mm. considered is as a potentially world class coach. Interesting. It'll still be Sean Dyche will be our next manager. Let's face it. But yeah, already how? But let's face it. But anyway, back to I've got. To, yeah, I'm like end of the, street, is, street is already gone to deal with a kind of illegal yeah, toddler crisis, and um, I have to cut out as well. So let's wrap up the pod there because I can't hear John Terry's name mentioned anymore today. Um, but anyway, thank you both for helping debrief that Burnley game, and uh, hopefully next week. For maybe pod or Tuesday we'll, we'll try and hopefully be a positive pod about a post yeah. victory which would be lovely mm. um, obviously if you join the patron at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast you can get a post-match pod with Dom, Rob and Selsey straight after the game and that's it enjoy your weekend hopefully enjoy Monday cheers. night cheers, and uh, we'll see you again soon bye Thanks, cheers guys thank you bye
Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. Ronald Reagan famously once said the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Americans are losing faith in the banking system, and at the same time, the U.S. government could soon be headed toward a centralized banking system. How scary is that? How do you protect yourself as the government gets more involved in your life? For me, owning gold is one way. Having gold that I can see and touch makes me feel protected. Having a portion of your retirement in precious metals is another way to feel protected. I don't own crypto, I don't own NFTs, and I don't buy meme stocks. I don't invest in things I don't understand. If you are like me and want to feel safe, it's time to call my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. Again, that's www.oxfordgoldgroup.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.